it starts from the top down, right? The way you act as a company leader sets the example and the tone as to what's expected and what's tolerated inside the organization. And if you're stuck in your old ways of doing things, I think you're definitely getting in the way of a better world of work. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla 76 It's easy to make assumptions about what matters to the people inside of your company and how they're feeling about their respective jobs. But especially in a time when hiring great people, as well as keeping the ones you've got, is more challenging than it's ever been before, assumptions aren't good enough. How strong of a pulse do you really have among your team in regard to the way they see things like their relationship with their managers, their relationships with their peers, their personal growth opportunities at your company, their wellness, and how happy they really are in their roles? My guest today is an HR pro who at her company has been a part of collecting millions of data points about today's workforce. And in this conversation, she'll share key takeaways from what she's learned as well as offer advice to you as leaders inside of that workforce. Let me introduce her. With 15 years of experience in HR, Julie Janet's life mission is to help organizations understand the value of placing their people at the heart of their strategy. Her background, research, and innate curiosity have given her a unique perspective on the day-to-day challenges of teams and their evolving work context and on what it takes to build high-performing teams with a people-first approach. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, we came in here kind of laughing as I butchered your name (laughs) like four times trying to say it properly. So let's have you say your name um, for our audience, uh, as opposed to me, the guy trying to do like a French accent and um, completely missing the mark. You did a pretty good job. So in French, we would say Julie Jeannette, but it's so complicated. And obviously I work in English all of the time. All of our clients are English speaking. So obviously I just prefer to go by JJ. It's easier. Use the two initials. It's actually my handle on Slack. It's just easy. JJ. JJ. I like that. All right. All right. Well, well, very good. That's that, that'll be helpful going forward. So (laughs) Well, JJ, um, on that note, uh, we so we at Gorilla are power users of your software, Office Vibe, and have been for a number of years, which uh, I think is just such an awesome tool. And this is not a sponsored episode, <laughs> just for just for the record, for our, our crowd here. I wanted to get um, Julie on here to talk about. Um, you know, kind of a, a bunch of topics related to, well, why, why Office Vibe exists and, um, and kind of your, your perspective on, you know, on building a team and understanding what matters mm-hmm. to them and how work's changing. And so we've got a lot of things we want to cover here today. I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. Same. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, so your bio was short and sweet here. Um, some bios I read are like, you know, take me four minutes to get through and, and um, I appreciate the short, sweet bio, but tell us a little bit more about your story and kind of your current role and focus. Sure. 
So if you allow, I'll start by introducing the person behind JJ first. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I live in Montreal, Canada. I was born near Ottawa. And so I'm from an, an English speaking mom and a French speaking dad. So both languages come in very handy when you work in Montreal. Um, and then aside from that, I'm a mom of three. So I have twin boys that are 10 and a daughter that's 12. She's uh, starting high school next week. So that makes me feel very old. Um, although there are plenty of years ahead. Um, I'm a food and wine enthusiast. I love to just cook meals for my family, explore different origins and cook like sushis. And then the next day pasta and the next day Indian food. I love to explore, but I love to make my people happy. And uh, yeah, very people oriented person, obviously, which is why I went into a career in HR. So like so many HR professionals, uh, I began my career as an HR coordinator, just learning the ins and out of the job, doing everything from recruiting to onboarding to offboarding. And then at 25, I was hired by a tech startup here in Montreal. Um, they wanted their first HR person, right? Like Gorilla, they were growing and they needed someone to, to handle the people side of things. Um, and so I learned very quickly that HR is about much more than just building relationship and people. It's really about implementing payroll systems and negotiating insurance contracts for your people and um, setting up, you know, RSPs or as you guys call it, 401ks in the US um, and all of that. And I was like, I'm good at it. But then in life, there's what you're good at and there's what you are good at and want to do. Um, and I really, realized quickly in my career that mo my focus needed to be on reinventing the role of HR. I was a firm believer that HR needs a space at the strategic table and that people are a company's most valuable assets, right? When you take care of your people, they take care of you. They take care of your business and your customers. And so I stayed with that company actually for quite a while. I'm a very loyal person. I tend to stay very long. So I stayed there almost 10 years. Um, and at one point even exited the um, HR team to join, uh, it was a tech organization, right? So it was when agility became sort of a way of developing product and we wanted um, coaches inside our dev teams. So I, I was recruited by <laughs> internally by our developers and they said like, come do what you do in HR, but like with us, with the dev people. And I fell in love with the art of building product. It was something I was not used to, obviously. And through just learning the ins and outs of agility and re-questioning how we hire people, how we uh, reward people for their performance, how we take decisions as a team, how we introspect and retrospect and improve the way we work, um, I sort of discovered something called employee engagement. And I was like, what is this? And it was like, it was my calling. It was like, wow, there's, there's a name to what I believe in. There's a science to actually understanding what motivates people at work. And so long story short, I began reading about employee engagement, about team performance and what it takes, what are the ingredients to build a high performing team. And I read a bunch of academic papers from like Deloitte and Gallup's and Gartner's of the world. And I learned about measuring engagement and at the time, obviously, annual surveys were very popular. We were talking like 2015, right? It's still early. And I discovered OfficeBot and was like, 
what is this thing, Office 5? And actually our developers at that tech startup were asking us for a way to provide anonymous feedback and for a way to actually measure a culture that we knew was getting pretty toxic and pretty negative. And I sort of advocated to bring Office 5 as a tool for the HR team. One thing led to another. Downloaded so much content from the Office 5 website that they called me and they're like, what is this? Are you just curious about the product or? And one thing led to another. Um, it was a perfect fit. We just, they were looking for someone to, you know, back up the kind of the scientific aspect to what they were doing. Cause it was, it was a bunch of tech guys just surfing on a wave to bring something different in an industry that was kind of becoming stale and old measuring employee engagement, like a once a year survey. Um, they wanted to bring a breath of fresh air and came in with this idea of pulse surveys, right? Measuring often with a fewer questions and getting a regular pulse, kind of a, when you're going to the doctor and you're taking your pulse regularly, it's, it's, it's important to monitor that. And then, yeah, one thing led to the, another, they made me an offer, I accepted almost six years later, still with the team. Um, and so my role is twofold. Obviously I was hired for my HR background and expertise. So, um, the first couple of years were really spent on building and sharing our knowledge around the world of HR and what engagement was and what it meant, educating our clients, sitting on calls, explaining how they could in turn convince their CEOs that it's valuable to measure employee engagement many times a year, weekly, in the case of Office Vibe, rather than once a year. We had to do, we, we were getting challenged at that time uh, on our methodology for measuring employee engagement. Were we asking the right questions? Were we measuring the right metrics, right? And so I spent the first few years really validating our model with Deloitte's human capital experts, really examining the entire model that we based our pulse survey on and stamping that with, you know, scientific validated approach to measuring employee engagement. And uh, in time, uh, as I was already used to doing research and reading papers and kind of a, a book nerd, um, I loved asking questions, still do today. Um, we began building a user research function at Office Vibe. So combined with domain research, which I was already bringing to the team, I structured the entire um, practice of speaking with our users, right? So what it means to conduct studies and how to set good objectives and actually doing user interviews with their clients to understand what their reality is, what their pains are, and then bringing all that knowledge and feeding that to the product team, which is where I sit. My direct manager is our VP of product and my direct coworkers are our product owners who build the product. Um, so I surface those insights, I do reports, they, I bring them on me, with me in the interviews so that they can build their own empathy muscles speaking with their clients. And then from there, we built a, a product strategy. So subject matter expert combined with user research, HR expert and researcher at Office Vibe. Awesome. What in a, nut, in a nutshell, how would you describe what Office Vibe is? Oh, that's getting to be a more complex question to answer in the last couple of years, because we really expanded basically the use cases that have you come in to Office Vibe. At the core, we're an employee engagement platform, right? Um, we've expanded to the employee experience marketplace just because obviously we're serving different use cases, but at the core, what we are as a way to measure and keep the pulse on your 
workforce morale, mm -hmm. right? So the core functions are really the pulse survey. Um, and I'm guessing we'll talk more in detail about that a little bit later, but um, it's a pulse check. We, we ask five questions a week to, uh, and we cover a wide range of metrics, which is how we measure engagement. Essentially, they're just factors that contribute to an employee being engaged in their work or not. And we provide a way for employees to share feedback anonymously. It's a safe space, right? So all answers to survey questions are anonymous by default. And we protect that um, with different rules. We don't show reports unless there's a certain number of people who are answering the survey, right? Giving them that safe space. And we create this, the space for real talk. So employees are prompted to answer follow-up questions, which lead to text answers um, in which they can decide to be anonymous or not sharing feedback with their organization. And then obviously the hope is that that creates a dialogue with the manager or the HR person or the CEO responding to the surveys. So that was the easy part. Then we added one-on-ones because so many of those issues, um, so much about employee growth and about feeling engaged at work needs to be discussed with your manager, right? So we provided a space where managers could have conversations with their employees where they can share um, the task of building the agenda, right? So both the team member and the manager can bring topics for discussion. There's a place to take, for, uh, to take notes. And then uh, in connection to that, we also know that goals are a super important part um, of feeling that, feeling that sense of purpose and alignment between your work and your team's work and the organization's uh, goals. So we created a goal function, right? Where we're able to, to provide that visibility and alignment of individual work with the larger, bigger purpose of the organization. So goals is also in there. Then we throw in good vibes, uh, good vibes being our recognition engine. Again, a super important factor of employee engagement. It's a fundamental need of being a feeling of being seen or being valued by your organization. Recognition pay, plays a huge role in that. So good vibes is a, is a way to promote peer-to-peer -peer recognition. And then I can go on for days, but we'll later be adding some features around sharing peer feedback, which is really also super important, getting that feedback from your peers and your managers on what you do great, but what you can continue building on as a strength to be even better in your job and pursue your career goals. So that's Office Vibe in a nutshell. Not easy to explain, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a really great tool. I we've we've talked about that a bit, but um, you know, it's, we I don't know how many years we've been using it now for, but four so, or five, I think. Yeah, it sounds about right. You know, I, one thing that I can say as a leader of you know co-owner of my company is like being able to. I think the the pulse check is, is really great to like, just be able to mm -hmm. see how, how are we doing in a few areas where, where you start to get those signals, maybe before there's a big problem, like right. know, the, we're struggling over here in, in employee wellness, or we're struggling over here in, um, you know, relationship with managers or like seeing those things from week to week. we brought it into our weekly scorecard. We run um, EOS at Gorilla Entrepreneurial Operating System, which I know some of my, some of our listeners will be familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. But 
we, you know, in our weekly scorecard, we have a few metrics we pull in directly from office five to sort of measure the, um, just general feeling among employee happiness and mm-hmm. health and wellness. Um, and another thing that I love that you mentioned is the anonymous feedback. I think mm-hmm. having a place for somebody to say what is actually on their mind and maybe even specifically around certain topics, um, I can promise you has prompted people to talk about things that, otherwise would have stayed below the surface because they didn't want to be the one talking about it. And to be able to receive that anonymously has, and then you see a pattern, all of a sudden somebody else says something similar and you're like, okay, there's something going on here. We kind of need to pay attention to this. Exactly. I love that it provides the signals and lets you act before it's too late. You said it. I think that's the key value. It surfaces an information that you would, you wouldn't otherwise get or wouldn't get as precisely or honestly right or it would take time for information to surface um yeah i agree i think it's the biggest benefit in the tool and speaking with our customers day in day out by far the number one reason why office vibe brings value to their organization okay let's take a quick break here i want to let a couple of our strategists at gorilla 76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector peyton and mary take it away Yes, so I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Mary Keogh. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations. We meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic. And one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to get better at a manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. Oh, and on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where our attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together all week long between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. I know you've collected literally millions of data points about the workforce and the labor market by just inherently through, you know, running the software. Like what are some key learnings that have come out of this? That the only constant is change. (laughs) So we've just (laughs) obviously can't not talk about the pandemic and the effects that the last two plus years have had on our lives, seen like really a huge shift in employee expectations. Like employee engagement remains stable relatively over time, right? It's not something that goes up and down that much. And the factors don't really change. What mattered five years ago will still matter tomorrow. It matters that you have a great relationship with your manager. It matters matters that you get along with your peers, that you feel that your work is connected to the organization. But we've seen in the last couple of years really a shift in what employees expect and 
obviously it's all due to that shift to massive amount of people going, going from the office one day to full on remote work. Um, I've actually spent uh, a good chunk of last year trying to understand how this has impacted us both on a human side, on a personal side and, and on the uh, professional side of things. And I think that what we've learned is with everything that came with this shift, smart organizations now understand that turnover and talent acquisition, the flip side, <laughs> depend highly on the employee, employee experience that you provide inside your organization. And that talent marketplace has shifted a whole lot. Um, I think the biggest thing that I found from my, my research is really a true lack of human connection. We were talking about this before the, the episode started. It's just so different connecting with other people over a screen. Imagine all of those people who've onboarded and met their new team members and organization remotely during the pandemic. That was a huge impact, right? Can't not talk obviously about the great resignation, people massively leaving their jobs. I think it was 48 million people that left their job in the last year in the US. It's crazy, just crazy. I'm just I'm gonna have to check that stat. I hope it's right. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a huge lack of real life human connections and organizations through restrictions have tried to find ways to keep those relationships alive over a screen. Now, luckily we're able to sometimes meet in person Another thing that I've seen is really with this dis disconnection, people feeling more and more invisible, both as like on the human side, your manager or your colleagues only hear from you when something's gone wrong or when you need help. So many things that used to happen in the office, just like saying hello in the morning and just checking in, now jumping into, I'm going to slack you a message without even saying, hi, good morning, how are you? Like it's, I need this from you. There's something magical that's just gone away um, with this shift and also feeling people feeling like their accomplishments and who they are as people, why they're appreciated by their peers just goes unnoticed. It seems like something's become, become invisible. And that's actually the premise behind why we built Good Vibes, our recognition engine. We wanted to help people flex their muscles and remember to be grateful for their colleagues and for the things that they achieve together. Um, so that was a huge finding. Um, yeah, I, there was actually a, a study that came out from McKinsey a little while ago that revealed that in addition to basic needs like safety and security, three other experienced themes um, were having a dis disproportionate amount of impact on employee well-being and work effectiveness. Those three things were trusting relationships, social cohesion, which speaks to what I just talked about, that sense of connection, and then individual purpose. Um, I think that's huge. Um, in addition to that, I've seen in doing a, a huge data report, looking at trends and our data points over the last two years, there's a clear expectation more than ever from our survey data that employees are craving personal growth by far probably the most important engagement factor. There's really a lack of, 
structure, visibility on different ways people can grow inside an organization, reinventing their skills and increasing their strengths, bringing something more learning from others. And it's by far one of the most important reasons behind people leaving their jobs, right? It was a lack of possibilities to grow. I've just done everything I can. What else can I say? I cannot talk about the expectations around flexibility. People now want a well-rounded life. I think the hustle culture is a thing of the past. We're seeing this with a ton of phenomenons like quiet quitting. I don't know if you've heard about that. Young generations kind of doing the bare minimum just to get away and just clocking out at five, everything's done. Those are signs of pointing to disengagement. But yeah, flexibility is like a huge thing, right? Just not being, not having to commute to work every day, just gaining that time to spend with your family or doing a sport or something you enjoy with your life instead of being stuck in your car or transit on traffic. Um, people just expect an employer that respects and supports that. They want a well-rounded life and work is one of the things that bring them satisfaction and fulfillment. And yeah, other than that connection to the organization's mission, uh, the sense of purpose has really gone down with remote work, which is completely understandable. We're so siloed, stuck in our small teams. We forget to connect our work to the bigger purpose and collaborate across departments. So I think that's something we need to be careful about. Need for genuine and authentic recognition. It's really out there. And then the obvious attention and support from managers and if we can explain a drop in employee engagement over the last couple of years um, and it going up and down, it's just that 70% of the variance in employee engagement can be attributed to your relationship with your manager. How many of us, maybe not you founding <laughs> Gorilla, but so many people out there have left their manager. They've left their boss, not their organization. When that relationship sucks, it tends to impact everything else and it causes disengagement. So yeah, I hope that paints like a broad picture of how things have changed and what, what reality in terms of labor market we're looking at right now. It's a true, true, true challenge for employers out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've had a lot of conversations on this podcast from various perspectives talking about these challenges, attracting talent, uh, employee retention, you know, just sort of a change in what matters to people. And yep. I think it's been a rude awakening for a lot of companies. It has. And I think we need to be careful about it because there, there have been times through history where like, you know, you have this scale where there's employer expectations and employee expectations. I remember my parents, like you were lucky to get a job. You stayed there until retirement and you were loyal and, you know, you just did your work and, and that was it. And you were committed and you wanted to go up the ladder, but that was it. Like you should, if you're not happy, you just shut up and you <laughs> take it in. That's it. It just doesn't make sense. Right. It's, it's a crazy labor market where you're constantly fighting to hire people. Right. And it seems like it's creating this disbalance or unbalance, unbalance, we say where employees are kind of, kind of driving the show, right? They are in a position to ask what they want. And I, I kind of worry about that because I think it creates, it can create a world where we make rash decisions and then regret creating this like 
forever happy place where employees get to decide everything. But we need to remember that we're in context of a business trying to either serve a purpose or make profit or both. And it, it can create um, severe consequences when things get back to normal and employees realize that, yeah, this has to be a win-win situation. I think we need to be a little bit more careful about that. That's a really good point. What, what, what advice like can you offer? And you talked, talked about a lot of trends and observations that have come from, you know, all the research that, you know, your crew has done at Office Vibe and what you've seen happening out there in the world. Like what advice can you offer? Um, I, I imagine you could take this in a lot of directions, but for business leaders, in, as it relates to um, employee retention and um, also attracting talent. Hmm, that's a great question, actually. Stay true to who you are. Obviously, be willing to re-examine uh, what you offer in terms of employee experience to your people. Always keep the pulse. I think it's really important to understand that like, you might think that this thing about your culture or value is like super important, but then you realize that in the day-to-day, it doesn't translate into how people behave. Maybe it's time to re-examine your values. Maybe it's time to connect your values with whatever recognition mechanism you have in place, right? Are you rewarding or evaluating performance based on those values? I think the key is always listening, making sure that you're all ears when you're recruiting and what people are asking for, staying up to par on best practices and industry trends, but then also staying true to who you are again. Um, I think that listening to your people is probably the best way to understand what your people value, why they stay with your organization, what could tempt them to leave. And a really concrete piece of advice I can give is do stay interviews. Like in addition to always listening and having an anonymous space where employees can voice their concerns, I, as you mentioned before, it's so important. Tracking employee engagement, digging in, really understanding the root causes of what's causing this metric to go up or down. State interviews are low cost initiatives that can be done either by your HR person or split across with your managers. If you do them once a year, great. If you can do them more often, great. Build them into your one-on-ones. It doesn't have to be like this entire set of like 20 questions that you ask. You can go one question here in this weekly one-on-one, another question there. Really get to know your people and understand throughout your employee experience what it is that makes people come to your organization and stay with your organization. And then what's causing them maybe to look left or right and say, oh, this is interesting. What could be lacking? And then from there, develop programs or initiatives that can satisfy those needs to keep your people. But by all means, again, I'll bring it back to stay true to who you are and what you believe in in a company. You don't want to kind of put on a mask or a show or change how you go about things just because you want to be attracting, attractive to other people who might end up coming in to an organization that is very different in reality to what you kind of led them to believe with this disguise, right? At the end of the day, people's, people will stay true to what they know and what they believe in. And if their values and purpose align with those of your company, likely to say that they'll be very loyal people. 
because you are truthful about who you are and how you run that company and why you exist. Make sense? Yeah, I think that's really good advice, Julia. I've heard you use the phrase, build a better world of work. Um, What's that mean to you? I would say by far, it's a world that is more human. Definitely. I think that's, there's been a lot of negative consequences over the last couple of years and the shift to remote work. Talk plenty about that. But one thing that's happened is work has become more human. We've come into, just like today, you're in my living room, you're seeing pictures of my kids. Likely if we work together on a daily basis, you've seen my husband, you've seen my kids, you've seen me yell, um, thinking my mic is on mute and it's not, (laughs) and my kids. We've cried with our coworkers. One in six people over the last two years have cried with a coworker. Those relationships, like I said, is probably most one of the most important factors um, in employee engagement is the relationship we have with our peers and with our managers. And it's just allowed us to get by. And it's, yeah, definitely a world that becomes more human, that cares about the human experience and the digital experience, because right now employee experience is all, is your digital experience for sure. And how you interact and the different touch points you have with your organization and how you complete your work. Um, But yeah, essentially it would be around that, a future that is more human that, and I want to say work-life balance, not, I think we have to remorph probably that that term into work-life synergy where everything isn't just about work. There's other ways to be fulfilled and accomplished in our lives, but we're also creating a space where we're bringing our whole selves to work. And I think that's come true a lot in concrete ways over the last couple of years. That makes me very hopeful for the future in the sense that, just think about it, mental health was not something that was commonly discussed in the workplace. Now it is, right? We're talking about it. We're discussing it. There's been, remember this huge burnout spike during the pandemic. We had to talk about it. We had to make sure that our employees were okay, that they weren't feeling isolated or overwhelmed with their different responsibilities. If they were parents or taking care of an elderly parent, let's say, or being sick themselves, we had to create space for that to happen. And I think it's great because there's no way this is just Julie walking into work every day. It's it's Julie the mom, it's Julie the wife, it's Julie the worker, it's Julie everything else that I am that creates what I contribute to work in and out every day. And I think that's really great. We need to remember that workers are human, right? Yeah, great answer. What do you think is the biggest roadblock that's stopping this from happening for some companies? I'll start with people first. Um, I think people that have a fixed mindset as opposed to having a growth mindset, being curious and trying to understand different points of view, definitely people with fixed mindsets and a lack of curiosity. I think people stuck in their own old ways, kind of saying like, I don't want to quote Elon Musk saying like, you need to come into the office. And if you're not here, you're considered to have quit. I think it's horrible, but essentially leaders because it always stops, it starts from the top down, right? The way you act as a company leader sets the example and the tone as to what's expected and what's tolerated inside the organization. And if you're stuck in your old ways of doing things, I think you're definitely getting in the way of a better world of work because you're missing out on 
different ways of doing things and different perspectives. And honestly, the benefits of experimenting, nothing is ever permanent in life, right? Or rarely is. And I think if you have that, if you're forward about being uh, curious and you want to try things and you want to involve your people in those experiences and say, let's create a space to say, we tried this, it didn't work, it sucked. We're just going to go back to the other way of doing things. And then sometimes it really works and you can share those learnings with other people and organizations and then together as a society, we grow. So that would be my first answer. And then, like I said before, the context that we're in where we're lacking workers everywhere, there's a fight for talent. I think that sort of creates this imbalance between employer and employee expectations. And that's created by economic and labor contexts that we have around us. It plays a role for sure, because it brings companies to like put money on the table or kind of bend you know, some of their standards or hire people they wouldn't necessarily have hired just because there's a labor shortage. I think those just those good old laws of demand and supply kind of sometimes make us decisions, make us take decisions that we end up regretting, which to my point earlier, it really is super important that you're flexible, that you want to re-examine how you, what you offer as an employee experience, but also staying true to who you are. Julie, is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to add to the conversation? No, I don't think so. I was, it was really, really fun to chat and answer those questions. I hope it was beneficial to everyone listening. Yeah, I think this was a really great conversation. I appreciate you doing this today. Cool. Thanks for having me. You bet. How can our audience learn uh, or kind of get in touch with you and learn more about Office Vibe? Definitely LinkedIn. We're very active on there. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's probably hard. I have to spell my last name for people. <laughs> for people to find me. So Julie Janot. So Julie Janot, J-E-A-N-N-O-T-T. And then you can follow Office Vibe. Um, we also have an office, um, a LinkedIn page. And then if you want, you can subscribe to our blog. We share regular articles and tips and different templates that we have and different guides that we build um, and content around employee experience. So feel free to check us out. Awesome. Well, I will emphasize again that this is not a sponsored episode, but I am a huge advocate for what you guys are doing at Office <laughs> Vibe. And I, I recommend that um, everybody listen and checks us out. I just think that there's a lot that, um, you know, especially for managers and leaders to understand, you know, what's really going on in the context of manufacturing. When you think about people on the shop floor who are out there doing the work mm -hmm. that you're maybe not talking to every day and, um, rather than making assumptions about what people care about and what they're experiencing and how they're feeling. Um, I think to have something running in the background that can help you, you know, I think pulse is the right word, get a pulse for what's really going yeah. on with the people at your company. It's a really powerful tool. It's been a huge help to us. We love that you guys are such good advocates for the tools. I mean, I keep talking about this internally I think everyone at Office Vibe knows John and Joe from Gorilla I think I talk about you guys every week we love that you guys are such good champions for the tool and honestly like like you said it's not a sponsored episode to talk about Office Vibe at the end of the day I don't care what tool you use just be listening to your people if you don't have the means or you're you're stuck and you can't use a tool like Office Vibe just ask around. There's so much power in asking questions. And then, like you said, your people have the answers. 
they're the ones doing the work. They're the ones coming in every day and being committed to your organization. If you wonder what's going on, it's just a matter of asking the right questions and then the answer will come. I love that. Perfect way to put a bow on this one. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Julie. Um, good conversation. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do a follow-up at some point down the road. It would be my pleasure. We'll talk more in depth about the science of employee engagement, what those factors are, how to measure it. I'll, we'll dive in for sure. It'll okay. be great. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.